Okay, Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. From yesterday, we looked at um, the relationship of joy and relationship of gospel and relationship of love. The relationship between you and your church members, relationship between you and me, and, and relationship between the spouses, and relationship between the body parts of the Christ, they all need to be relationship of gospel and relationship of glory. They are all the same. So if you do not have this relationship between one another, And as I've been ministering in Yolbang Church over 25 years, looking back through how God has ministered them, how God has ruled them, and as I was examining um, them, of course there are many aspects. And there are over 5,000 uh, 5, people who went to our church and left. And it was all time of building the relationship of gospel. And now people are beginning to put in their life um, to the word that I, I preach. So in that aspect, pastor ministering is a time that you are building the relationship of gospel between the church members. So, so it is so important to build this gospel relationship between the church members. And in a regular normal churches, it is impossible to build that gospel relationship because they do not have the truth. They do not have the truth. So, so the So the early churches who have the truth, they, can, they are the only ones who can make the relationship of love and relationship of the gospel, who can die for one another. Just like it is written in the Bible, the love that can give one's life for the brothers is the greatest love. And we need to fulfill this relationship in Zoe ministry, this relationship of life. being able to put their lives, uh, giving up their lives for one, one another, for their brothers. And today, from verse 12, we can rejoice in this relationship, but what are the, what are the obstacles and elements that are taking away our joy? And, and Paul is saying that In order to rejoice, we need to overcome these obstacles. And when we fail to build this relationship of gospel, and when we cannot have Jesus Christ as our head, we, cannot, uh, we will always fall down. We will always be manipulated by these issues of Babylon. So at all costs, out of all things, we have to make sure that we have this relationship of gospel between one another. So, so we can say, we can put in a, in a word that pastor ministry is building this relationship of gospel. To me, it's the same. So usually, most church members in my church, they've been knowing me over 10 years. Of course, we have some newcomers, but, but more than... Most of the church members have attended Yabang Church um, around 13 to 15 years. They are the, the most, uh, they, they take, take up the most ratios. So, and Sungha, Yumi, like these, these ministers, they have known me for 23 years. So, so if I'm not filled with the fullness of the Father and if my church members do not uh, accept this truth, because we've been knowing each other for a long time, we are trying to build this humanistic relationship. 
So we cannot see one's spiritual issue, even though that person has that spiritual issue. But thankfully, because God has trained me in different ways, that, that I, have, I tend to not have a relationship with the people who I have no relationship, uh, that, that who I don't have the relationship of gospel between that person. And when I lose the fullness of the Holy Spirit, I tend to build this humanistic relationship with that person because we've been knowing each other for a long time. And, and it blinds me from looking at the person's uh, spiritual weaknesses and spiritual darkness. So at all costs, in, in every circumstance, especially with my, with my wife, If I cannot have spiritual relationship between her, many problems will arouse and we will have conflicts. So, and because I have no elements to make union between her because she likes vegetables, I like meat, we are so different. But we love each other so much. As we grow mature and mature, we, our love becomes deeper and deeper. So, you know, that's how it is. So, especially uh, between the spouses, um, the relationship between the spouses must be spiritual too. And between us, we need, we need, to, have, we need to make sure that Holy Spirit uh, indwells between us and we need to have the gospel between us. And there was this Korean pop song many years ago that between you and me there's an ocean or something like that. But unlike that, we need to have Holy Spirit between us. We need to have the gospel. And that's only possible when you have the right relationship between God. And when you have a right relationship with the head of the church, which is Christ, then you will be able to have the right relationship, which is the relationship of the gospel with the church members. So that means that you are under the rule of the Father. But, but because many churches fail to have this relationship, have this rule over their churches, they fail to build this relationship. And it is impossible to rule the church with your methods, your ways, your knowledge when you are being ruled by God. And In, in our church, all the families of associate members, we have over 50 of them. And within my limitations, within my knowledge, I cannot like, like cover all of them. I cannot embrace all of them. And the, way, and the way God is ruling over my church is not my method. It's all by God. It's all His rule. Not only, not only those, no matter what kind of um, issues come up and what kind of problems appear, as long as you have faith that God is ruling over the church, the, the senior pastor would never carry the burden of the church by himself. But as I came here, I saw many of you carrying your own burden, burden of the church, burden of your children, burden of your husband and wife. So you cannot go before the throne of grace with those burdens on your shoulders because it's too heavy. So there are many reasons why you cannot fulfill and accomplish the grace of God. And one of them is unbelief and the issues of sin. And the other, other is even, be, even, even though you are not committing sin or you are not under the sin, 
Because your spirit is so heavy, you cannot um, receive this joy of grace from the Lord. You are carrying too much burden on your shoulder. Uh, well, actually, precisely speaking, that is also a sin. It's, it's actually um, taking away the work of the God and, and putting them on your own shoulders. So with those, uh, you cannot go before God. So, so inevitably, those people who are carrying those burdens on your shoulder, on yourself, you cannot uh, lay down before the Lord for prayer. So the more, the more you cannot pray, the more chances you have um, to commit sin. In Romans chapter 8, uh, the Lord told me that our burden of the flesh has ended. So you have to accept that word. And, and the reason why the promise of God is so amazing, the moment you receive God's word, all the circumstances is over. You, can, you don't have to put your effort. You, ha, you don't have to add your own work or effort. But because you are so used to carrying the burdens and you are so used to those circumstances, you are keeping b o u n d Bound, and you keep limiting the Holy Spirit, and you for you forget um, how to enjoy, enjoy, and how to be touched by the Holy Spirit. So you are keeping bound. You cannot, and it is impossible for you to be quenched through the prayer. And it's impossible to have the confirmation of faith. So it's all because. All because you are thinking that you you have to um, try and strive in order to fulfill something by yourself. So it's all about legalism. It's all about your work, your own strength. Even if you're not a pastor, even no matter what the burden is, you don't you shouldn't be carrying that burden on your shoulder on yourself. Why? Because in order to take care, in order to be responsible for all those works, God even killed His uh, own son. So only thing that you have to do is look toward Him, uh, to accept Him, to receive Him. Especially our pastors, you are carrying too much burden on your shoulder um, in, in your pastor ministry. So over 20 years, I've been emphasizing that church is a place where God is ruling. It's not a place where you are pastor ministering by yourself. So pastor ministering, the word itself sounds really nice, right? But when you lose the rule of God and when you are trying to pastor minister yourself, it, it just becomes another job. It's like, how much salary do you, do you earn? How much of a price would you receive after your work, through your effort? So the, the principle of grace stops right away. So that's how fearful that chain of darkness is. So, so in order to know that I am remaining in God's rule, you need to make sure how light you are. You need to examine how light and how much, um, whether you have the worries and concerns in your heart or not. And not only worries and concerns, you need to uh, remove all the instinct to um, re react right away toward the, the situations, toward the problems. You need to allow the Lord to handle all these issues. 
And when you see these evidences, you will begin to know and believe that, oh, the Lord is in control, Lord is in rule. So you don't be fooled by the enemies, don't be deceived by the enemies. The enemies are keep, keep trying to hook on your uh, chains of your flesh, trying to make you think that you have to take care of all these, these situations. In Ephesians, Paul said that our battle is not on our flesh and our blood. We are not fighting, toward, fighting against these manifestations that we see with our fleshly eyes. We are not beings who deal with these physical things. And we don't even have to do those. But the power of the blood, oh no, never mind. But the manifestation on this physical world uh, does not lie on the physical world itself, but it comes from the spiritual world. So you have to loosen the spiritual world first in order to, um, to, to loosen the physical world. So if you, if you loosen the spiritual world, the physical world will no longer be the problem in your life. Not because you have obtained something through your effort, but, but originally God already gave you the authority and the eyes to see and discern all the problems of, of the spiritual realm. But because you have lost these uh, spiritual eyes, you cannot see that. So God did not just happen to put you in a place to, uh, to rule over the church, no. Fundamentally, God already gave you all the authority, power, and everything before He has called you as a servant of, of, of God. But, but because you've been carrying your own burden of flesh, you are keep losing these spiritual eyes. That's why you are becoming more burdensome, more tired. So, so think about it. Think about it. When was the last time that you screamed out in out of joy because of the Lord? Shouting out and screaming that, oh, I'm so happy because of the Lord. And this should happen every day. And you will know, uh, those people who do not have the burden on their shoulder, you will know what I mean. And through this conference, God will take care of many things. But first, God will take care of this issue of rule, that I am in control. <laughs> Okay, lay down all your burdens. Your spirits must be light. It should be flying around. Okay? Okay, from verse 12, let us see those obstacles and how to deal with those obstacles. Okay, first, verse 12 and 13, we have, we have uh, these uh, obstacles of the circumstances. And because Paul was imprisoned, Paul was put in a place and in a circumstance where where a person can be the can be most painful and i've been once put in a prison but but that prison is completely different from the prison where paul was put it's a it's a catacomb this underground prison so the circumstance and condition itself is a great obstacle for paul to be uh, to be joyful in that kind of circumstance is nearly impossible for a regular person i mean you've been to you've been to put in a jail so you understand right no never you have never been to uh, you have never been to a jail and 
And, and in the jail, there's nobody who calls himself a sinner. They, they, they all, all of them says that they have never committed a single sin. And I was the only sinner. <laughs> they, they all call themselves the righteous. But anyways, let's look at verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And this is the end of the story. This is already victorious. So what has happened to me, it means that he has been put into the prison. Even though he did not commit any sin, so he might feel it as an unfair thing. Mm. Okay, so so advance advance the gospel. It means that you are uh, you are um, becoming a pioneer. You are. Um, you are going in a new path. You are searching for a new path. So this this must be your spiritual instinct. So whenever a circumstance comes before you, whenever tribulation comes before you, you need to be able to think right away, oh, what kind of victory does God prepare for me? Is God preparing for me before, before me? So you have to confirm the victory from the beginning. So the reason why the circumstance is becoming a problem to you is not because of the process itself, but because you have, you are having, you started wrong. The reason why you are having the problem is because you have started wrong. So never, never the process of the, the tribulation itself is becoming a problem to you, but, but the beginning itself. And sometimes it seems like nothing has happened, nothing has been changed, but God is already changing the flow into, into His victory. So if you are choosing the despair, you are allowing the enemies to make the uh, flow of despair. So it's a spiritual order. The moment the, moment the tribulation comes before you, you, you need to be able to proclaim the victory. It's an upset, it's a, it's a turnaround. This is the way of life all our ancestors of faith has lived in their life. There, there was nobody who was called as man of God who, who, who has failed to live like that. So it's the same. If you despair in, in all those tribulations, your life will be miserable. So you know, you know it as a theory, right? But you cannot live it, live it out in your life. So, so you have to go through a training to live uh, according to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But because I knew uh, the spiritual order, I intentionally lived out in my life to react right away in faith, declaring the victory. Then, then it will be turned into the flow of, of the Lord. So spiritually, spiritually, you are dying to your fleshly desires, so you are becoming victorious in spirit. So not only you are just dying to yourself in flesh, you are keep being regenerated in you, in your spirit. Look at, look at Daniel. Before all these feasts being placed before before him, he was able to reject this meal and feast of the king. So no tribulation, no suffering 
can can become become the problem itself before you. There is no suffering that is bigger than the Lord. There is no problem that is bigger than God. The reason why you, you are the reason why that is become problem is because you are you are choosing the problem as a problem. Okay, verse 13. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to, and to everyone else that I am in chains with Christ. So look, because Paul has declared the victory, what happened? That he, uh, so here, the palace guards and everyone else here that appears here, so the prison where he was put was guarded. Uh, he was he was imprisoned with all these other uh, political uh, those criminals who committed a crime against against the emperor. So it was guarded guarded by these high high officers of the army. So Paul Paul was able to um, deliver the gospel to to those people without resting. So there was nothing that can chain chain Paul. So the person who was chained by gospel will never be changed by the condition, but that, that circumstance will be turned into a chance to deliver the word of God. And people, people find it uncomfortable. People find the circumstance and condition as an uncomfortable thing. And they consider it a, a, a very significant thing. The reason why they are doing so is because they are not soaked into the gospel. They are not chained, chained by gospel. And if you are chained by gospel, the circumstance and surroundings are the chances and are, are new ways that God, uh, new ways for God's word to be delivered. So whenever the tribulation comes, you have to think that, oh, what kind of way is God going to open before me? So it's not a coincidence that God is giving, giving me a suffering. Even though I have committed a sin, the reason why the enemies are attacking us is because God has allowed them to attack me. So the reason why I am on, I am being put under a tribulation is because God is going to God is preparing a new thing to to begin before me. So so that's why we are calling a suffering is as a benefit. So because Paul has declared his victory. He did not just um, grumble and despair, saying that, oh, what should I do? I will die in this prison. No. And after, after declaring their victory, he was able to see. And he, was, he, he did not cease to de um, deliver the gospel. So, so that's why the people are beginning to believing in Jesus. So this is an order. Of course, uh, this is not a spe uh, specific special technique that was given to a special person, Paul, only. No, this is an order. So there is no chain that can hook me, that can uh, surround me in this world. Okay, you need to make sure. The reason why Paul was able to do this in these difficult surroundings is because fundamentally he believed in God's dignity, God's sovereignty. 
So he believed that through his sovereignty, I was put in this prison. He believed in God's sovereignty. So even though we say with our mouth that he is the king of kings, he is the lord of lords, uh, we do not actually um, believe in him whenever the, the tribulations come. We despair. But no matter where we are, no matter what kind of circumstances we are under, as long as we believe that He is the Sovereign Lord, there is no reason for us to be despair. And in Africa, that I was keep leaking behind. <laughs> It was difficult for me because, because I was unable to eat. Because <laughs> when I was preaching on the podium, I wasn't leaking that much. But when I was, when I was in the hotel room, I was leaking a lot. <laughs> Later, I had to put a plastic bag over on top of my, my, my blanket that I had to uh, clear, clean them out. But later, I realized that, oh, this is, this is a sign and symbol of God given to me. That all, uh, it's God's will toward these filthy things in, in this land, Uganda. So, so with, that, with that condition, I had no limitation declaring, uh, proclaiming the word of God. And you guys didn't notice that I was leaking, right? I mean, maybe David have noticed a little bit because he could have probably smelled. But, you know, that was the first time that I went through this uh, severe <laughs> diarrhea. So, no matter what kind of surrounding, no, no matter what kind of circumstance, what kind of tribulation comes, you have to make sure that God is sovereign. sovereign. So, you have to practice this to become your instinct. Oh, this is, uh, this is by God. This is from God. So, you have to be agile in those circumstances. Then, tribulations will no longer become a problem in your life. The pain on your body is the same. Do you think that God is unaware of your, your pains? No. The reason why you are being deceived by the enemies is because, uh, because of their characteristics. They are like spies. When they are hidden, they are powerful. But when they are exposed and when they are revealed, they cannot, they, cannot, um, they cannot put on a work on you. So you have to keep, you have to keep, um, keep saying that you have no power over me. Then God will send you someone. God will um, work over you directly. And God will open you a new way. So, so imagine if you have, um, if you have gone through this kind of um, path in your spiritual life, then most of those tribulations that come before you will no longer be a problem to you. So, okay, here Paul is saying that he is not taking, uh, he does not care about the surroundings. So it needs to be instant, acknowledging God's sovereignty. But those people who are having difficulties acknowledging God's sovereignty is because of their spiritual hurts. Look at Joseph. In all circumstances he'd been through, he never complained to God because he did not have any hurt from God. Oh, how can God put me in such a difficulty even though I believe in Him? Why is He not giving me money through my pastor ministry? 
So those people who are keep choosing their hearts through these situations, they have difficulties choosing God's sovereignty. Look at Joseph in the house of Potiphar. When, when this lady was seducing him, he, he chose God and he never touched her. And even though he was, he was put in a prison, he did not say he, he's feeling unfair about that. Why? Because if he says that he is, in, he is unfair and he was to defend himself, then he would offend his, his Lord Potiphar. So that's why he was remaining silent. And Potiphar, he already knew that his wife was an immoral woman. But if, if Joseph said that, hey, I, I did not do anything, your wife was the one who seduced me, then he would have hurt uh, Potiphar's heart, then he would have killed Joseph. Then it would, it would have been impossible for Joseph to become a prime minister of Egypt. So, so, one of the many reasons why you cannot acknowledge God's sovereignty is because of the hurts that you have accumulated in your heart toward God. So, even though you do not say that, many of you might have these hurts toward God. Then, then how would you solve them? You must be healed first, but also, but also you must heal them through receiving God's love. When you accept God's love, when you receive God's love, you will know that you will realize that, oh, whatever God is giving me, it's the best for me. You, you will realize this. So you can never complain before God. So not being able to acknowledge God's sovereignty is a problem of the people facing the tribulation. So those people will always be vulnerable, vulnerable before, before difficult surroundings. So examine yourself whether I am strong toward these um, surroundings and conditions. If not, it means that you have certain hurts toward God and it means that you have difficulties acknowledging God's sovereignty in your life. It means that you have difficulties confirming the victory in your life. And if you are not, it means that you will be easy to declare the victory right away. And these kind of spiritual status must be, be sustained in your life. Okay? Next. Secondly, from verse 14 to 18, this is the obstacles between human relationship. And of course, surroundings and conditions are difficulties, but relationship between human beings are also really difficult. And there are many uh, channels of blessings that God opens up for us, and one of them is relationship between people. Whether you <laughs> believe it or not, meeting Pastor Kim is a great blessing for you. So you need to utilize me in order to become a great channel of blessing for you. But many of you, I mean, within one year, you never call me at once. I mean, if you do not know my phone number, that's even worse. It means that you don't take, uh, you, you don't, you have no interest to me. I mean, raise your hand if you don't know my phone number. You're the only one who doesn't know my phone number. All right. That cannot be an excuse. <laughs> okay, Pastor Lee, please let him know my phone number. Give him my contact. 
So look, so always spiritual powers comes through um, authority of uh, personal authority and materialistic authority. So Lord gave us the authority over people, authority over materials. And just like Genesis 1.28, this is the blessings of leadership that God gave ever since He created Adam. So, so the relationship between people is really important for us. And wherever we go around the world in the name of Zoe Ministry, there are people God prepared to help me. There are people who are meeting God through me. And God is raising these people throughout these 20 years. And if you have lived within this right relationship with God, then you should have this authority over people. And how is this authority over people being built? Uh, only when you overcome, overcome the difficulties between the human relationship. Paul does not despair because of the reaction of the people. And not only he, he, he just um, ignored them, but also he will be, be compassionate to them. He will love them. So, so the people who are meek in the attitude, it means that they are the ones who will inherit the land, which means inherit the people. And being meek is about self-control. So being a leader is not about controlling others. It's about controlling yourself. So becoming a leader in order to be a leader, you have to have all this neat characteristic of God in order to be a leader over people. A leader does not, is not being made out of nowhere. What you eat, how you manage your time, you have to be, be guided by the Holy Spirit. If not, you cannot be a leader. Being a leader itself is not a, not a merit. So that's why I told this one pastor in Denver, do you think this, this place is, is attractive? Then, then come to this place and be, be, be my guest. And myself, I don't really, I mean, I'm not a person who enjoys the ministry itself. Of course, there is a joy and gratitude in serving the spirits, but I'm not a person who finds a place to work by myself. I usually slack off. But because I was uh, raised as a leader, I must, I must serve many people. I must meet many people. And if I was to meet all those people with my own method, with my own strengths, I would have died already. And the reason why I was able to do that, there were many people who betrayed me. There were, who, there were many people who cursed me. And of course, uh, not just because they were bad people, but because of my weaknesses. Right? 
<laughs> there were there were pastors who were complaining that I was not that friendly toward them. I was not saying hi to them. I mean, all you have to do is to believe in me that I have a warm heart, but I cannot express my feelings that well to you. Right? Whenever I meet you in person or whenever you come to our church, you know how I treat you well. How well I treat you. Right? Whenever you, uh, the next time you come to our church, I will buy you a caviar. Caviar. It's expensive, right? It's over $10 per one gram. It's like, 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 like an egg, an egg of a, <laughs> a certain piece of a shark. Anyways, let's continue. Um, so, let's see how Paul is overcoming these obstacles of human beings. Verse 14, And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all, all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. And the people around Paul, they knew who Paul was, so, so they trusted even more that God is in charge, so they, were, they become more confident. And that's a good side of the, the relationship that Paul had with these people. Let's say I died in the Let's, let's say I died one day and there will be one person who will come up and who will be a, 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 a next leader and you cannot allow the, the leader's positions vacant of course God will finish, finish the job that I have to finish on this earth but you, you all need to be able to, to take care and carry out the same job that I was doing here if I, if I am to uh, pass away and now not only I will uh, go out to be a main speaker but also I will send out my associate pastors, my wife to be, be in charge of NB and, and be in charge of conferences. So I told all these associate pastors to be prepared. That's why they fasted for 40 days. They need to go out and, and deliver the gospel. Why? Because wherever you go around the world, all these people around the world will expect um, people like me. So that's why you need to be prepared. Beginning from Malaysia. Beginning from these five churches in Malaysia, I will begin NBEs and I will go to have conferences. And, and you guys are the same. If you, if you think that you guys, your churches need NB, you guys need teaching, you guys need ministry, then, then request. I mean, you've done it before, right? But, but we are in a new, different scale and different dimension. So... So we are beginning from Malaysia. We will we will continue to Latin America, and we need someone to go out. Our associate pastors are prepared, but but you know the only problem is the English that they they cannot speak English that well. But in our church, we we almost have twenty to twenty five people who can speak English, so they will be good translators around the world. And when we when we had when we had NB in Costa Rica, we had this one sister who who came from US who speaks English and Spanish so well. So we will we will utilize all those people. 
in order to speed up and pace up for this end time. So you need to strive to deliver the gospel. When you are in, in Zoe ministry, you, need, you should not be bound to your own church. Verse 15, but look, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry. So, so among them, there were people who delivered the gospel out of envy and rivalry. And they were the people who knew Paul and they were the followers of Paul. But because, but because Paul was imprisoned, and there were people who betrayed Paul and who were ministering while betraying Paul. So, so to Paul, his circumstance itself was a difficulty, but he probably would have chosen her uh, when he saw those followers. Verse 16, they'll, they'll later do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. So these are the people who understood Paul well in a right way that Paul was an apostle of the Lord so they were the good followers but verse 17 the former preached Christ out of selfish ambition not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains so those are the ones who was jealous who were jealous for to Paul so they they accused Paul and they made false rumors toward Paul so they looked down on Paul. For example, if I was if I was imprisoned, uh, would there be people <laughs> among Zoe Ministry accusing me, saying that oh he was a false prophet, he he was wrong, just like that. Paul's situation was like that. Imagine how how painful would the situation be to Paul, having all those people stabbing him behind. But Paul did not fall into despair. Paul did not concentrate on those people. The reason why the people are becoming obstacles to you is because your concentration are on those people. So verse 18, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motive or true, Christ is preached. So his focus on, was on Christ himself, so he did not choose to hurt himself. So that's why I always say that everything must be solved in Christ. Whether it's circumstance, whether it's human relationship, whatever that is, those people who are keep focusing on the Lord would never, never choose to hurt. So they are the, the great people. So always, in your own church, you are the leaders. And as in order to be, be, be a right leader, if your scale is small, you cannot be a right leader. Your scale must be wide and broad. You need to be able to embrace everything, accept everything, and you need to always concentrate on the Lord, whether it's a benefit for the Lord or not. And many people left the ministry, and many people left my church, and every time they, le they leave me, I pray to the Lord that, Lord, it's because I haven't loved them enough. Lord, have mercy on me. 
Lord, your plan for them is to make them glorious. So whether they are outside of your bank church or not, Lord, use them gloriously. So I continuously pray for, uh, pray whenever people leave me, because I I never I never um, consider them as chains. And then what what happens to me? If someone leaves me, then I will immediately forget them their names. Why? Because they they are not not the chains for me. So I I have no reason to have them to take up my energy. So through this, through these kind of events, God is uh, making your scale bigger and bigger, making your your face bigger and bigger. So, in in the time of Paul, there were many followers who followed Paul, but there were also many people who who chased after him in order to kill him. But without embracing all of them, you cannot become a good leader. You cannot become a big leader. And as I always say, um, the number of the people is not being determined by yourself. It's being determined by God. But in order to be a great leader you have to be a you have to have a great scale if your scale is small there's uh, there is not much for the lord to to fill so what what does it mean that you have a great scale it means that you can embrace everything and you will not accumulate or you will not store up for yourself you will let it flow through you so so lord can give you anything So when you move out from your own self-centeredness to to the Lord center, then then the Lord can use you. But if you live out of your self-centeredness, your selfishness, you cannot uh, enlarge your scale. But actually, but actually, the moment you met the Lord, God made you as a selfish being. It means that you will not become happy because of the things that you gain, but because you will be happy because you will make others happy. You will give others something. You will fill the others' need. But, but whatever, no matter what the reasons you have been through, whether it's diverse spirit or whatever, If you are becoming selfish instead of being selfish, your scale will be smaller and smaller. But you need to make it bigger and bigger. You need to let go of your own things. You need to get out of your selfishness. You have to change your perspective toward the Lord. Then you will have your scale larger and larger. And the larger and larger your scale will be, the more and more Lord has to give to you. So Paul, Paul had great possibility to choose hurt in his human relationship, but he did not choose that hurt because he was God-centered. So though he was a person who can, um, who can be put uh, in, in God's shoes, and he can have God's heart. So because he knew God's heart, he was able to think in God's thinking. 
So he was able to think that even though they stepped in my back, he, it is God's plan to use them as glorious beings. So he was able to lift them up to the Lord. So the pains and sufferings that you experience through human relationship will no longer be a problem when you stand before the Lord. So when a problem arises arise between the person, between a person, you should not consider and think that, oh, that person is a bad person. No, you should not think like that, especially toward the pastors. So, so toward the pastors, I always think that's a person that God will use gloriously. So whenever that person leaves the Zoya ministry, I will never think that, oh, that's a bad person. No. But what's the problem? Not being able to choose in a clear path, but trying to, trying to put both feet in, in here and there. And our associate pastors know this. And if you become a pastor, I will nearly never, never tell them to, to do anything. Of course, I give them standards, but I will never command them to do anything. Nearly no. Because they are not my servants. But if I find any evil within them, then I will I will uh, rebuke them and scold them. But but I will never try to control them. I will never give them these these checklists to do and or or these regulations. No. So you need to know well. You have many possibilities to consider it as a conflict, but you need to understand that there's another chance within the Lord that you can be changed into God's perspective. So you should not you should not judge and criticize these people that that person is a bad person that person is a wrong person, and if you begin to have those criticism and these standards within you, then you will become smaller and smaller. So the next time you will meet that person again, then you you will build automatically a barricade between that person. Then then you your scale will be smaller and smaller. So you have to open your heart wide before God. And one of the principles that I have in, in my life is that I treat the person that I hate, I, I treat the person the, that I hate the, the better. And I even, I even provide him better. That's one of the habits that I have. So, so if you are... <laughs> if you are being treated well by me, then first you have to believe that, oh, Pastor Kim loves me. So Paul did not just happen to become a great leader. He was able to enlarge his scale in those circumstances, and he did not choose the hurt, and he, not, he did not choose the darkness and the wickedness. So in your life, Look how much you have chose, chose to get hurted by the people. You criticize the people. You judge those people. You look down on those people. 
So, so no matter who that person is, you should not judge him out of your own standard. I'm not saying that um, you need to embrace all the, the evildoers, no. Okay, so, so even the obstacles of the human beings, Paul was able to dissolve them within the relationship of God, and he was able to utilize that time to enlarge his scale. So he, he never chose a hurt. This must be a good model to us. We must be able to imitate him. So look how much, how much you have, uh, you have chosen to to be hurt from from the people, and even from me. And I can say that I have hurted you, but but there are more possibilities that you have chosen to be hurt by yourselves. And many of them are probably from your misunderstandings. Hey, okay. So those of you who have hurts, please get rid of them through this conference. Don't you guys have hurts? And from the rumors that I have heard, uh, I heard that many of you have hurts from me. <laughs> How dare can Pastor Kim do that to me? Pastor Yang, I mean, what about you? No? Wow. Thankful that you don't have any hurts. Okay, thirdly, um, obstacles of death. There's no more, nothing more painful than, than death in life. But even death is not becoming an obstacle to Paul. Verse 19, yes, and I will continue to, uh, no. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. So, Paul is already sensing his death in that situation. And I myself is even praying for the Lord. Lord, let me know at least one month before my, 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 my death. Just like Paul in 2 Timothy, that God has prepared me uh, my crown of victory. I want to imitate Paul like that. So Paul is already sensing, sensing his his death. After about six years, he will he will he will die. He will be martyred. So, so he is facing his death. But what is he proclaiming at first? And through your prayer and God's provision, I will be victorious. So, he did not say that I will be sent out from prison. I will be freed from the prison, but but I will be victorious. What's the deliverance. It's the glorious time before God. Whether to live, to die, or to die. So whether it's surroundings, whether it's human beings, whenever darkness comes, Paul began by proclaiming the victory. This must be an instinct to you. In, this, in the moment of death, you need to be able to proclaim the victory. This is possible when you are living by the Holy Spirit. Okay, verse 20. I eagerly expect and hope that I will be, I will in no way be ashamed. So, to live and to die does not matter. The fulfillment of his ministry, fulfillment of God's kingdom. That's what Paul is looking forward. 
the hope that he has in God. The fulfillment of all the callings that God will fulfill in my life. So, so he will be in no shame. So he he said he's saying that he will he wants to stand before God without any shame. Just like just like Ephesians, um, the status when he is fulfilling the predestination. So even now, so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by my death. Not only when he is in prison. Ever since Paul met the Lord on the way to Damascus, Paul never considered a life or death as his problem. So we are the same. After our, after we were reborn. We cannot allow allow my survival to determine determine my life to turn around to be turned around, and and we are even pastors. Pastors should not change our ways because of our death. We cannot hesitate because of our our life and our death. So Paul is not saying something really special. This is a fundamental. So those people who were born again by God will naturally be like this. So, so if a death, if a death, uh, it is impossible for a death to to minimize my ministry or or to bring a problem in my life. And if you are to die, then you will die. You need to be transcendent. So that's why Paul was bold. He never lost his boldness. So whether to live or to die will never be a problem to him. So through all his personality, he he wants the Christ to be exalted. And this must be our confession too, whether to live or to die. Whatever we do, Christ must be exalted in our body. His worthiness, his dignity must be shown through your body, through your ministry, through your way of life. You need to have that spirituality. We can talk about this more in details about this, but it's simple. As long as you stay in God's rule, as long as you stay in the fullness of the Spirit, then God will naturally, automatically hold you up and He will use you. Whether it's deliverance, whether it's healing, whether it's character, whether it's personality. You need to show his aroma. You need to show his worthiness and dignity. Show his influence. And as you, as long as you live in God's spirit, this is possible. 
So this, this must be natural for you. As you live with the Lord, this will be natural to you. As you begin to loosen all your bindings on your flesh, this will happen automatically to you. And, you will, and these will be revealed through you. so that the others will notice. Oh, as you see that person, the Spirit of the Lord is powerful. God's presence is powerful through every word that He's speaking. And in your church, this should be applied the same. Whatever, whatever you say, your church members must be obedient completely before God as if your words are the words of God. In our church, it's the same. Most of our, our church members, they put their lives on the words that I, uh, I proclaim. Not simply because I said it, but because for the last 20 years, uh, they have witnesses how I lived. This dignity will be shown automatically um, as you live with the Christ, as you live by the kingdom of God. That's why Paul is saying, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. How amazing statement is this. Verse 21, For to me, to live is Christ, and to, and to die is gain. So, in that aspect, Paul dying in, in prison, My death will be the conclusion of all my grace, uh, all the grace that God has worked in my life. And those people who are living a miserable life, saying that, oh, I will, I want to go quickly toward uh, to to the Lord's kingdom. That's a lie. So there will be two, two different, two different um, categories. One saying that, oh, I want to see the Lord as soon as possible. And one will say, oh, not yet, Lord, not yet. But Paul is saying that he's looking forward for this conclusion of all the grace that the Lord has unraveled in his life. So he's looking forward for his death. So that's why he was able to completely live in the Lord. the Lord of the Lord, uh, Messiah. The Paul, uh, Paul lived under, under his rule, so, so to die will never be a problem to him. So you should not be worried about the Lord's second coming. If you are ready, ready, to, if you are ready to live Um, according to his rule, you will, you will have no problem for his second coming. Think about it for about five seconds. What if, what if Jesus comes um, at this very moment? What would you do? How would you stand before him? How would you stand before him? I mean, you need to think about it at least once a day. If my ministry stops here, how would God say about, about my ministry? How would God say about my spirit? All right, you need to always examine this. Okay? Okay? Re um, reply that to the Lord.
Okay, verse 22. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. So, even Paul, Paul's living is not simply just a living itself, but it's a fruit. So, this is really important. So, the living itself should not be the purpose. The reason why you're living, it must be uh, the purpose of living itself should be bearing the fruit. So Paul is emphasizing the, the fruit here, bearing the fruit. And you are the same. When Jesus comes, what kind of fruit would you, would you show before the Lord? How much of a fruit would you, would you offer before the, Lord, before the Lord? Okay, you should not be vague in this. The Lord of the Lord, who is transcendent over time and space, He is even present at this very moment. He will come back in His very presence too. And we know how amazing and glorious that we that will be. Then what will what will we offer before Him in that very moment? So, so living in the flesh itself is not our purpose, but but it is. It is the fruit. So if you cannot bear the fruit, there is no reason for you to live. And now, even now, God is God is requiring um, much fruit from us, and He is expecting us to bear more fruit. So it's only the people in the world who are living uh, for the purpose of living itself. It's not for us. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. It means that it means that whether God will kill him or allow him to live, it does not matter to him. So we need to have the same boldness. Verse 23. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. So, meaning that he he is being torn between the two. It's not describing about the conflict, but but he is in conflict of, of the glory. He is also desiring to the Lord as soon as possible, and he is also desiring to to fulfill all his glorious ministry in his life. When we say, Lord, please take me up, take me up to your kingdom, then the Lord will say, um, what would I do to you when I take you up? But Lord will never say like that. But, but because you are, you are so painful and you are in agony, so you will say, Lord, please take me up as soon as possible. Then the Lord will usually, the Lord will usually not, not respond to you that much. And God knows. God knows. But you need to be careful to say that, Lord, I want to be taken up to you as quickly as possible. Then Lord will all of a sudden ask you again, then do you truly want to be taken off? Because, you know, just like these kids complaining that after being scolded, they will say, oh, I don't, I don't want to have dinner, I don't want to have dinner. Then <laughs> many times your mother will, will come to comfort you and say, oh, I'm sorry, but, but later she will say, hey, do, do whatever you want, I will not feed you anymore. 
So just like that. So Paul was in conflict of glory. So we also should be in conflict of glory. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Why? Because he can, he can approach closer to the Lord. That's what he desires. But, but what comes later? Verse 24, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. So in order, in, uh, uh, and because it would be beneficial for Paul to live, stay alive to the Philippian church members, that's why Paul also desires to live. So what kind of glory is God desiring to, to give me at this very moment? Is God, does God want me to go before Him right away in order to see His glory? Or is, does He want uh, me to stay alive in order to show His glory through me on this earth? Okay, so three, three different conflicts on this earth. Uh, conflict of uh, circumstances, circum uh, conflict of the people, conflict of death. And when we look, when we go to Philippians chapter 3, we will see later of this great confession that just like Paul, when we are believing in this, this power of resurrection, we, we are the people who will never consider death as our problem. So not only it, it is mentioning about the death stuff, but it is mentioning about the survival instinct. The survivor, survival instinct should never um, be in charge of your life. You should not be dragged by this, this instinct. And I, al I also feel pain on my body, but this pain will never be a hindrance on my way to the Lord. You should always maintain the spiritual status to be used by God. So from, from verse 25 to 27, Paul is um, advising, advising to the Lord, uh, to the Philippian church members. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith. So Paul knew that he will die, but this is not the time for Paul to die. And he's saying that I will remain in you and I will continue to live for your progress and, and joy in the faith. For the growth, growth of faith for Philippian church members and also the joy, joy in the faith. In order to share that joy, Paul is, um, Paul, I don't know whether he is prophetically knowing this or he's knowing this by faith, but he's saying that he's confirmed, he's convinced that he will uh, remain with them. He's saying, he's saying that he will remain alive and he will share this joy together with, with them. Verse 26, So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. So you are boasting of Christ. 
the progress of faith and the joy of faith and the boasting of faith will, will grow through Paul. That's the, that's the meaning of Paul, Paul's being. And you should be the same. Wherever you go, through you, the progress of faith should be shown. And wherever you go, you should, you should be able to um, uh, bring, bring the kingdom of God with you. Look at Latin America and, and, and Uganda. What's the reason why I... I Oh, never mind, I'm lost. But it's same as Paul. Through Paul, through Paul, he wants to see all these this progress of faith and joy of faith, not because of his own benefit, but because of 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 because he wants to see Jesus being exalted. Uh, that's the reason why I request all the church members to to share his to share their testimonies after the conferences, because I want to see uh, what what the Lord has done through me. And not only not only God has worked through me during the conferences, but also um, whenever they return to their own countries or to their own churches, um, God continues to work more and more. Deliverance, healing, and through the truth and message. And this is joy of the heavens. So that's why, that's why we always have Thanksgiving worship after the conference. Why? In order to share how much, in order to boast how much God has worked upon us. And that's also spoils of war. And these must remain in you, not, not only because you have ministered, but through your life, through your uh, regular days, you need to be able to share these kind of testimonies. And, and even, even now, uh, all these testimonies are, are coming here. And here. Verse 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. In order to, in order to share um, the joy of faith, progress of, of, of faith, what, what should they do? They should conduct themselves um, in a manner worthy of the gospel. Just like Zechariah chapter 3, what does it mean? It's like, it's like priests wearing these royal garments, royal robes. It's wearing the new, new self's clothing, and it's wearing this cloth of dignity. Then you will be able to believe in this dignity. So clothing um, represents that person's dignity, that person's worthiness, and that person's identity. So what what does the gospel of Christ says? It confirms our identity. Our Lord came on earth as a man in order to pay all the uh, uh, after he pays all the price for the sin in order to give us what in order to give us all this um, identity as a new creation as as heir and when we are being clothed in that in that dignity even though we are living on this earth we no longer belong on this earth we belong to this heavenly kingdom 
And uh, in a manner worthy of gospel, it means that you have a citizenship of heaven. So even though you are living on this earth, you should live as a citizen of heaven. So during that time, the reason why Roman, Rome, Rome was able to um, be a great empire was because these Roman citizens, they were proud in their citizenship. And there was this one book that this one Japanese woman wrote. Why, why was Roman Empire was able to become a great nation? Is because they had they had uh, pride in their citizenship, and just like that, we need to be able to live in a in in pride of of this heavenly citizenship. So, not because not because to have this confidence in us, but, but when we have this dignity in us, God rules us through that dignity. So, just like just like uh, these Jews who were scattered in diaspora, where, uh, no matter where they are, as long as they believed in their identity, God was able to rule over them as their people. So that's why Paul is encouraging them to live in a manner. Whether I come, come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit. So what kind of result does it bring? Whether, whether he is with them or not? One spirit, one purpose, one mind. This is a, a specific phrase that, that Paul used. Why is he saying that? Striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. So, believing in what? Striving together for what? Believing that the Christ is the head of the church and then we are forming one body. Believing in that, you unite as one. And believing in that, you are, you are moving together as one in one purpose and one mind and one heart. Church. How tremendously important is that? Church is kingdom of God itself. So our pastors must believe in this glory of the church 100%. And, and not by my own method, my knowledge, my information. But, but through, through the power, authority of the church which has been given by God, then you will have no problem in your pastor ministry. You will have no problem in your church. The only problem that appears within the pastor ministry comes from, from yourself, not from, from this identity. So in order to confirm this identity, Paul is keep encouraging them to live in a manner that is worthy of a gospel. And in the, in the church, there are many characteristics of different individuals, but the importance is on the unification. In that sense, that's why you need to be united in one purpose, one mind, one true system, and you need to be moved 
as one body. That's why this one fullness is showing all uh, this fullness is showing all the authority uh, uh, through through that body. So our churches must be the church which are moving through through this one commandment through through the head. Okay, let's continue. From verse 28, uh, what does he say? Paul is encouraging them about the spiritual warfare without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. So the Philippian church was also, it was also under a severe spiritual warfare. But they should not be afraid of those, those opposers. Why? Because, because of their identity. As long as they are confirmed with their identity, they can, they can uh, not be frightened. Why? Because this is a sign to them that they will be destroyed. So they did not just happen to uh, persecute the church. And we need to see clearly that this is just a sign for them to be destroyed and it is a sign for us to be saved. So this is not just a coincidence that we are being, being persecuted. This is all the purpose and plan of God to lead us toward, toward this completion of His glory. Verse 29, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for Him. So just like Romans chapter 8, we are um, sharing in the glory and sharing the pain with the Christ. And this is inevitable for the, the people who are living in faith. Verse 30, Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now here that I still have. So this fight is not being done by Paul himself, but with one body, the Philippian churches are also um, sharing this battle together. The battle that Paul is fighting, the reason why they can share this battle together is because they have heard together, they are struggling together, and they knew that this was all plan of God, and through this battle, they are being purified. So, so suffering and tribulation that comes from outside, they themselves are not, not, a, not, not a big issue. That's why we can look down on them. So this tribulation is coming at us. I don't know how exactly will, uh, it will happen to us in Korean Peninsula, but why are we fighting so severely for Korean Peninsula? Because we want Korean Peninsula, Korean nation to be set apart from, from the rule of Antichrist. And from March, over 20 people will come from Latin America to be trained in our church. I don't know how long they will stay um, for 10 years, 20 years, I don't know. But I keep inviting them to come. And this is something that I've been uh, proclaiming over, over many years. The time of uh, a great famine will come. And as I saw the news a few days ago, through pandemic, the uh, possessions and and the properties of the 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 highest one percent of the people has multiplied over 500 times, but the rest of them um, their pro uh, properties has decreased more than half. 
less than half. But, but what's the reason why God is keep making us abundant? Because we need to um, invite them continuously. All the remnants are in the churches. We need to call them out. We need to um, gather them and, and we need to train them. And many of them will be sent away, uh, sent away and uh, to establish glorious churches. And many of them will join us and be part of our ministry. Our, our brothers Jonah, Jacob, Eduardo, and la last night Eduardo became blind after the worship because uh, spirit of religion uh, surfaced. This is a good sign that spirits are being being surfaced. So, so over many years and through through severe spiritual warfare, Korean Peninsula must be set apart from the rule of Antichrist, and we need to be holy. And let me tell you, uh, when we are being set apart from Antichrist, these big enterprises in, in Korean Peninsula like Hyundai, Samsung, they will all uh, fall into ruins. And God is precisely making me to pray for these specific people in, in, um, in these political fields. Uh, there's this one church member in, in my church who has a connection with the Secretary of Defense. Um, but, you know, I told her to encourage, encourage him to be separated from, from the president. Well, anyways, just like that, God is keep making me to pray precisely and He's keep making me to look closely to these, these children of, of great prostitute. And these days, these children of great prostitutes keep arising. So as we fight, as we fight this spiritual battle in Korean Peninsula, we will enter into a great famine. And for that time, God is keep raising His businesses to prepare this time of great reunification of um, uh, Korea. And this, this time is going so fast and it's so urgent that things are happening so quickly. You will see and you will be surprised that Kim Jong-un has passed away so quickly. So be alert. Be awake. The reason why we need to be in charge of the, uh, of the politics in order for Korean Peninsula to be moved by, by God's purpose, we have to get rid of all these, these, all these flows that are going against Christianity and um, a gospel and, and the truth. And do you see how these, these mass communications are being purified? Many um, reporters and many, you know, um, uh, called? many of them are, are being fired. So through this kind of process, Korean Peninsula must uh, go under God's rule. And what would God do if we fail to go under God's rule and if we fail to be set apart from, from the Antichrist? I will tell you later what, what, what will we do. So, and how will we prepare for the unification? 
And after the unification, we should prevent the South Korean churches to influence the North Korean churches. All we need to do is to support them financially. And we should not say the, the bullshit like, let us plant a, a branch church of, of um, this mega church of South Korea in North Korea. So we have, we have many work to the right, but, but all you have to do is to pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you received the fullness of the Father? Through this conference, receive the fullness of the Father. This is a season that we can use and practice everything out of us uh, and out of the Father. Imagine that you have a credit card that has no limitation. And that's who you are. Now you need to be able to practice all the authority and ability that indwells within you. Okay, have a nice meal. And...